Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tonari's podcast. As always, I'm joined by my friend, Timmy Long. Hi, hey everyone. And this week, we have a very special guest. We have a special guest every week. But this time, it's a very special guest, um, Georgina Cooney, and you're going to share, you've kindly um, offered to share your story, which many women would be able to relate to, um, but before we get into it, who are you and where are you from? I am, so I'm Georgina Cooney, not George Cooney. No, not George Clooney, no. <laughs> uh, I'll go, yeah, I'm originally from Kilwart in North Cork, but yeah. I'm living in Whitegate now. I'm married two years to David Cooney. And I have a little girl, Rua. She's 16 months. Rua is Irish for red. It is. Yeah. It's a fox as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Rua. Beautiful name. Yeah, yeah it's Rua. nice. Yeah. yeah. So she was born in September, so we wanted to kind of yeah. autumn. I name. think we should start calling Rowan, Rowan Rua. <laughs> Do you like yeah. that? <laughs> Rua. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's boy girl. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it can be boy girl. Yeah. 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 But um, what was it like growing up in Kilwart? Quiet? Yeah. Grand, we're farmers, like yeah. farmer family. With so. proper farmers, like proper with farmers, cattle yeah. and pigs and things. Well, no, mainly cows. Yeah, milking. Go so ahead. yeah, mm. so I, I have four brothers, one sister. So Is I it a tough childhood growing up in a farm like ah, that? Ah, mighty crack. Is it great crack? Mm. Yeah, she'd be flying around in mud and. Do you know No worries. I know. Great so crack. You're like a, uh, I suppose, pad in the pump, like pig and shit. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> There's always something yeah. to do on the farm, isn't there? What yeah. Boys like? No, it's yeah. good. Like, I loved it because mm. I loved animals and, mm. you know, running yeah. around and, like, freedom of it. Like, you know, we could just go down the fields and get lost and yeah. wouldn't come back for hours, yeah. go into the neighbours, get fed. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, that's all it was. It was like yeah. ourselves yeah. as well. Like we didn't we were from the city. Yeah. But in the north in northwest Cork City, you're like the city centre was right next to you, but on the other side of then is Blarney, Clohine, Kerry Pike yeah. and the Lee Fields and the woods mm-hmm. and you know your uh, Colleen's is at the back of us, you know. So we had the country on one side and the city on the other side. So yeah. we'd have been able to relate with that mm-hmm. own heading away yeah. for the day and I don't want to be a farming when I was young. Yeah. We'd go up to Lee Valley and we'd pick the spuds out of the fields out there and we'd bring them home. Probably <laughs> <laughs> well, 10, 12, 13. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, bring them up home yeah. and sell them to the neighbours. <laughs> Sorry, man. Entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah, exactly. But um, you've uh, a few siblings, you're from Kilworth. Did yeah. you go through school? And I did, yeah. yeah. Went to school in Kilworth and went to secondary school in Fermoy. And then went to college in Cork, moved up, went wild. What did you do <laughs> in college? Uh, did graphic design. Didn't know what I wanted fancy. to do, though. Yeah, mm. I was just like, yeah. and one of my mates, my other mates, she picked uh, CIT as well. 
I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. Do you know you're 18? I'm sure all we were, we just went Lula up there. Like we, yeah. kind of, we stayed, we moved up there. Okay. So sure, we great time. Were you living on time. campus? No. <laughs> living in Glasheen Road. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, up yeah. by C.C. Young's. Yeah. So I was in college for about three years. I quit. I gave up. After uh, doing three years and No, all. no. I gave up the first year. Did it till April. Couldn't do the exams. I was mm. like, nah. So I gave it yeah. up. And then I started a new course in the College Com in the September. So sure, I, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, mm. I was just having, like hanging out with my friends and stuff like having a great time I yeah. suppose <laughs> when when you're that age and you're living in the countryside all your life yeah, yeah. around your parents and then all of a sudden you're going into the city you're living inside in your own place you're going to oh complete freedom like, yeah exactly you know, you're going to do so I kind of didn't really take on the whole college thing yeah. you know I was working with a when I was working in homeless services there I was working with a girl from Bear Island and uh, she was telling me when she went up to CIT, um, so first time ever on a bus. Mm. No way. <laughs> yeah, first time. And she, you know, anxiety around all the people and, yeah, you know, yeah. just like different, like. Yeah. I know, I know Kilworth is not Bear Island, but yeah. still, you're from a small rural area and you come into the city. CIT oh, is a yeah, huge campus. Uh, the, the college, yeah. the college scene is big um, yeah. and there's a lot of alcohol and parties and I yeah. know people over in Glasheen Road and they're not happy with the students oh stop yeah, yeah exactly and did you find the hard to I suppose settle into student life because of the party scene um I probably did I was it yeah. just the course was the wrong course uh, it could have been a bit of both mm. I'd say like mm. but definitely the freedom of being able to party and yeah. you know mm. just have have fun and I really, really lived it up, and I. Yeah. <laughs> I often say, I often talk, you know, when I was on UCC campus, you know, as a mature student, like when you're a mature student, you know what you're there for, you have your goals and you're working towards them, and that's mm. it. And I often looking at the young people, I mean, how the fuck do they get through college? Yeah. Just so many distractions, yeah. the women and partying exactly. and drugs and everything, you know? How do yeah. they actually go to the exams in the mornings how do they get through their assignments when there's so many distractions you know so yeah um i think what what i noticed out in the cit um i think they scrape it through up until third year but what i noticed then in fourth year is like they, they just pulled it out of the bag and mm. some fellas mm. that just scraped their way through for three years are pulling out one once yeah mm. you know yeah between 17 and 100 and I say, oh, what the fuck? And there's me, my ones after dropping, <laughs> you know, because it's after getting harder. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think the maturity levels go up oh, then as well. Definitely. Like after three or four years, you know. I definitely wasn't mature enough to be yeah. in college. You yeah. know, I wasn't. Yeah. I was working part time then in the gate cinema. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure, they used to have in the mornings then, like they'd have the run throughs. Yeah. Like back in. Jeez, when was that? 2004, around that. So it was all film. Mm. So they had to run them through. And sure, I didn't go into college any Thursday because it was Thursday mornings. They'd show all the films before they came out on the Friday. So I'd be in there for the day watching the films. I loved it. Same <laughs> <laughs> time of my life. <laughs> oh. And what did you do oh. in the College of Commerce then? I did uh, PR and advertising. And I did nothing with that either. And what happened after that? <laughs> I there's no such thing as waste. There's no such thing as wasted learning, by the way. Yeah, that's like good. do a course, you don't yeah. do anything with it. You still learn a lot. 
you know, yeah. so, but anyway. Yeah, hopefully anyway. But yeah. I always had an interest in media and, you know, the yeah. media side of it, so it might stand to me yet. Mm. Like, exactly, you know? exactly. But um, what did I do then? Oh, I went to America on a J1, went to San Diego for the summer. Like. Explain what a J1 is to people like us that would never have gotten there any J1s. Yeah, I know. So it's uh, so if you go to college, it's um, you get the opportunity to go to America to work. So they give you get a work visa mm. for America. Okay. Um, so it's it's kind of like a three month, three month job. Mm. Like, yeah. So there was a gang of us, and we said we go to San Diego for the Lovely. summer, and this was kind of the last one before I kind of finished. I finished up with college. But I think around then, around two t- around that time as well, it was kind of the the thing that was done. Mm. Do you know, people would be like, "Oh yeah, go off to go to America there for three yeah. months." Yeah, and how was <laughs> so, it? So mighty, brilliant. Sure, yeah. I, my bag got robbed the first day I was over there. Oh, Passport shit. and the whole shebang gone. Ah, stop. Uh, so I worked illegally for the three months over there, selling sunglasses and t-shirts on the side of a beach. Friend. Lucky, lucky. <laughs> yeah. I was one of those. I was yeah. one of those. Fair play. Sure. Yeah, sure. All we wanted was back. all we wanted was a bit of money for mm. a couple of cans and yeah. do you know it's great. You there was thirteen of us inside in a two bedroom house. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Do you ever see the video? Of, <laughs> do you ever see the video of the lucky, lucky in uh, I think yeah. he's in Spain? He knows all the places. And I know. Oh, I yeah. know what yeah. visions of you there now. Some Senegalese guy over on the beaches of San Diego, and you're trying to, and you know oh, all the towns in Senegal. I, I was <laughs> scalded. Oh my sure god! In the sun. Yeah. Oh, I was scalded. Sure, I came back and I was like nearly. A yeah. black woman nearly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My mother was like, Jesus, and it was about two stone heavier. <laughs> what, and what happened when you got back? I uh, got back then, got a job in FCI. It's a, it's a factory in in Formoy. So I kind of fell into that job and was just kind of an operator inside there. Mm-hmm. So then after that, um, FCI, the kind of the, the, what do you call it? The crash game. The yeah, so FCI then was, it was kind of one of the first um, companies to close. So I was there two years. So I was one of the last people into the company. So they were letting people go, but mm. they were given redundancy. Mm-hmm. So I got, I got a couple of grand anyway. So nice. me and my two buddies, my cousin, Jackie, and another good friend of mine, Grace, three of us said we'd feck off. We'd, we were going to... We went to South America. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice <laughs> went to yeah. South America and we went to uh, New Zealand and Australia. Mm. So we got a one-way ticket. We said, good luck. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. see you later. I'd love to go to South America. Mm. Oh, it's a great spot. Brilliant. We spent three months there. Them, them old buildings and stuff yeah. in the rainforests. I'd yeah. love to see all that. Ah, it's a great, yeah. great continent. They're mad, mad about the Irish. Like. Yeah. Absolutely love us. Yeah. <laughs> what part did you just do a few, a few different countries in We South did, America? yeah, we kind of did a couple of, couple of places in each country. Like, we just, we bust a yeah. lot of it. Like, we just got there and did overnight buses. We did Brazil, uh, Argentina, Peru, Bolivia, Chile. And to save? Yeah, sure. Like, you, you need to have your wits about you. Like, yeah. like, like you wouldn't be going up into the favelas. No, of in course not. Rio de Janeiro by yeah. yourself, like, yeah, yeah. like we did a a tour, but it was an organised tour. 
with um, a person from the favela. And it was unreal. Like, there was kids, like, about nine years old with machine guns, like, you know, walking past us. And we were mm. going, holy... You know, it's, it's crazy, completely it? different world, like, mm. yeah. And but there's, no, there's n- this lawless, is it? Yeah, but they have their own law, kind of, yeah. within themselves there, do you know? Yeah. And All then of it. you went to <laughs> Australia, then New Zealand? Yeah, we went to New Zealand first and yeah. for spent a year there. We were working and living and then we went to Australia and we we went to Sydney first just for a week and then we actually settled in Melbourne. So Melbourne is where we were setting up. Melbourne was meant to be a rough enough city, is it? Uh, sure, I think anywhere is... Do you know, was, yeah. you can find a rough anywhere. I just remember watching a couple of but documentaries about the, the gang scene, underbelly. the drug scene and all yeah. this in Melbourne, mm. you know? Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, fucking hell, I thought Melbourne was, like, yeah. you know, quieter, you know, but that's yeah. actually mad. Do you know what stuck out for me uh, about Australia was there was a lot of Irish men being killed from street fights over there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, you'd always hear one every few every year or a few every year. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it's like <coughs> the Irish are after drink we can be mad and a bit messy, but I'd yeah. say the Australians could be fairly tough as well after a few drinks like they are they are like in fairness. Mm. And you they're know, and they're a bit, for being co- competitive. Mm. Yeah, and they're a bit arrogant as well. Like oh, yeah. do you know what they That's are the British in you know? them. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, we're going joke. deep here, lads. Can I want it down the tube, you know, small bit, please. Kid. <laughs> oh, stop! But there's a bit of everything in the Aussies, like yeah, a lot of the Aussies over there would have Irish ancestry yeah. too, and they kind of treat the Irish a bit like yeah. we're second class a bit over there, like mm. do you know, yeah, like we we kind of do the the crappy jobs yeah. in Oz right. and. But, like, I loved it over there, mm. but just mainly our group of friends and everything were all expats. Like, they're all Irish and English and mm. American. And, like, I only had a couple of actual Aussie friends. There's a lot of... Um, they kind of stay away There's a lot of Cork and Irish people, a lot of Cork people in Melbourne that mm. listen to this podcast. Yeah, is there? So, hi, Tev, yeah, they, oh, they, 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 they make their presence known. Oh, a lot of people know, like yourself, that emigrated <laughs> during the time of the recession. And mm. ended up just setting up shop over there. You know, yeah. I have kids and that now. It is and good. They just like uh, listening to the Cork accent because it reminds me of home. So hi everybody ah. in uh, <laughs> Australia, New Zealand, and, uh, and beyond. So um, that's it. What, what was it like over there, and what was the crowd? Was the big party scene there too for you? Yeah, big party scene. There's a place called Revolver in Melbourne, in the city, and it's a twenty-four hour nightclub, mm. so it doesn't close at all. I so you could Revolver. go in there, and you could be in there, like. You could be in there for a couple of days <laughs> yeah. if, you want, if you wanted to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just doesn't close, like it's Doesn't open. close, yeah, doesn't close. Like there's a lot of security and stuff there, like, but mm-hmm. people can be in there for days. I would have loved something like that back in my drinking days, <laughs> oh, yeah. trust me. I would have been barred after the first night, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was still liked it. Uh, it so wouldn't have been Revolver for Timmy at all. Revolver. Single shot. But it is, like, it's a it's a serious party city. Yeah. Do you know, like, I was 27. I was 26, 27 when I was in there. So I was kind of, you know, you're in the height of the good times and mm. having crack and, you yeah. know. Yeah. And was that so. your local? 
Uh, quite, well, like we lived in St. Kilda. So St. Kilda, the revolver was up Chapel Street, kind of about half an hour away from St. Kilda. Yeah. So St. Kilda was mainly my base. Um, it was kind of an Irish hub as well. Like, yeah. But I was working in a bar there and I did painting and decorating. That's what I was doing over in in Melbourne. Cool. Working with all the boys. Yeah. Happy days on the yeah, sites. George. Yeah, George. I heard, I heard <laughs> it's meant to be good money, but the cost of living is very high. Yeah, yeah. Good money and like you could work and work and, you know, you'd make a nice bit like. But yeah, yeah the cost of living is high. Yeah. But it is a good life over there, mm-hmm. do you know. You have the beach and so you're, yeah. you feel like it doesn't feel real. Like, do yeah. you know, the time I spent over there, it kind of didn't like feel real. It's like set of home and away or yeah. something. Yeah, do you know, you're kind of mm. like, I knew I wasn't staying there in the long term as well. Because mm. I just, it's a bit too far away from family and stuff. Yeah. So it's like two years, I had a two year visa for there. Like, yeah, so. nice. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like. So we've set the scene now of who you are, where you're from, how you ended up there. Yeah. And you were sexually assaulted over there. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I was living in Melbourne about a year at the time and I came back home for Christmas um, in 2009. So I hadn't been home in two years because of the travelling and stuff. So yeah. had a great time when I came home, met, you know, everyone and got to see my mum and had a great time. So... Went back to Melbourne then and I was going out celebrating my birthday. So my birthday is the 20th of January. So I came back and we were going out that weekend for birthday celebrations. Mm. So we've a, we had a good gang, great gang of us over there, like a lot of um, lads from Dublin now and like good mm. Irish crowd and whoever. So like we started off at about two o'clock in the day. So drinking, like, so wine, beer, um, mm. anything I get my hands on. Really, like, I, I, if I get going, I'm kind of like hollow like legs. Well boat. Yeah, hollow mm. legs, like, yeah. you know. Uh, so, um, yeah, drinking all day and sure getting drinks off people then, you know. And mm. there's this shot over in Australia and it's called Agua. And it's, it's like liquid cocaine, basically. Um, it's green and it's yeah so I had about I don't know about six of those or something no idea so absolutely bananas in pyjamas mm-hmm. but my drunkness I can hold my I'm, I'm not a I wouldn't be a, a floppy drunk or anything mm-hmm. I'd be a hyper drunk so like only my close close friends would know when I'm actually mm-hmm. kind of blacked out because mm-hmm. my body just keep going like and I'd be chatting do you know but nothing's there yeah like so uh we ended up in a nightclub anyway on Gray Street and I'm familiar with that area as well and my mates were upstairs so that was grand but I kind of blacked out around I'd say it was about half two was my last kind of recollection and I remember talking to the barman was actually, he was an actor that was in, in Home and Away. <laughs> so it actually is, like living in Home and Away. Yeah, so. it is. <laughs> it is. So this fella, he was the cop in, in Home and Away. Is he handsome? Ah, he's all right. Like, he's Zazzy. Zazzy. So that was grand. That was kind of my last recollection until I woke up in 
an apartment that I didn't know. And there was a man, like 65-year-old, like old man. And he was giving me oral sex. Mm. And I was just like, I just froze. I was like, do you know, the way I was coming, like sure I was coming, I was still drunk. Of course, Do you know? But I was trying to compute what was uh, is this actually what happening? was happening, and I was just I kind of woke up, and it was like a, a double bed, and my legs are on the ground, and I had kind of a, a dress on, like you know, nothing, just a dress or whatever, but it was up around my torso. I swear to God, I was up here, like I was looking down on myself, and I was like, "What the fuck? Mm. What's going? On? What?" I was like. George, this is you, like, mm. do you know, it clicked in my brain. I was like, we have to do something, like, do you yeah. know, it was like, mm. I'm, I, was there, I didn't know the man, I didn't, like, he was 60, he was well into his 60s, like, bald head, yeah. that's all I saw. And You're I 50 years like, old, wouldn't you, like? What the hell is going on here, like? Mm. But the complete out-of-body experience, like. But that's actually common for people experiencing yeah. sexual yeah. assault, that mm. out-of-body experience. That mm, no, I just couldn't believe looking at yeah. the situation it was happening objectively. to me, like, I was there mm. going, what, that's you? Mm. I was, like, practically pointing down at myself going, so I don't know how long that he was actually there, do you know? Because, I don't know, just time kind of yeah. gets kind of altered <coughs> or whatever, do you know? When you're drunk like that anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, Sure, I was like, who is this? Like, where where am I? And it kind of felt like I was in a movie then for a bit because it was like a a bed, a bedside apartment. So everything was there. Do you know, I could see a door. And I was like, even my heart was going down. I was like, Mm -hmm. um, I could see a door. So your man kind of came up off me and didn't really say anything. And I was kind of just like, I kind of, you know, I was wide awake then, like, and said nothing. And I I was like, he got, kind of got up and went over. There was kind of a kitchenette here. And he, I don't know, did he say something to me or, but it was kind of all muffly. But all I could, all I could do was see the door. And I was like, George, it was like, internally, I was like, George, get the fuck out. Go, like, hmm. do you know, this, like, if that door is locked or if it's, if it's locked, we'll do something else. Like, I, I would have beat shit out of him, I'd mm. say, if I had to. Mm. I would have done something anyway. But, like, I had no shoes on, I had no bag, I had no phone. Like, my knickers was up beside me on the bed. And before I got up, I was like, I actually picked it up. And I was like, you're not fucking, you're not mm. keeping that. Mm. Do you know, I was like, fuck off. Like, mm. who do you think you are? Do you know, it was yeah. all going through my head for a mile yeah. a minute. Uh, he, I don't think he, I don't know, did he fucking say, do you want a cup of tea or something? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Because he was going over to the kitchen Was part. he an Yeah, I think he was, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of a mixed, I don't know, it was kind of greek Aussie. Oh, yeah. Like I found that out afterwards. I'd say this fair must have been unbelievable. Yeah. Like he could have, it, he, he could have, been, he could have been violent, but you like, yeah, exactly. And you do hear about uh, tourists and backpackers and that going missing in the bush and being, you know, there was predators in Australia, like exactly. in, in other countries. Like, there oh, is sure, I was there in my head and I was like, I'm going to be a statistic. Mm. Do you know? I was my mother. I was like, oh god, so, like it was literally all 
going through your head. But I was like, at that moment, I was like, I have to get out. I have to go. Just get away. Like, you know, in Australia as well, they have those kind of double doors. So kind of a fly net. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to pull that or else I'll have to run through it. But luckily the door was open. And um, I just ran out. Like, I just literally got up off the bed. Sure, I was thinking, I'd say it was, you know, I was half pissed anyway. But... Um, ran to the door, door was open, ran out, didn't know where the fuck I was, kept running, saw steps, ran. This is about, it was about half 11 in the morning, or half 12, half 12 on a Sunday morning, and ran out. I was in a car park, didn't know where I was, just ran, there was an arch, kept running, uh, no shoes, sure looked like a fucking mad woman. Like. Did you come after you? <laughs> no, no. I just, I got out onto, it was like a, I went under an arch and came out onto a street and there was a good bit of traffic and stuff. So I was trying to, like, flag down a taxi man and I was hysterical now. Hysterical at this stage because I think it hit me what happened and, like, I didn't know if I was actually raped either, yeah. do you know? Yeah. I was, you don't know how long he could have been at Yeah, exactly, walked, like, because like, the last thing I remembered was kind of being in a nightclub <laughs> to being in this mm. man's host and was ugh, I'm like chattering I know you like can see going. the nerves and yeah, yeah that's speaking, okay like. that's okay it's yeah. normal to things that they make yeah. this, you know you're speaking mm. well anyway mm. so right? you are, no, you're speaking very well <laughs> and like that's 11 years ago mm. do you know yeah. and you did you flag somebody down yeah eventually like um Got out there and there was taxis passing and sure there ones and they were like, I'm not picking up this fucking mm. lunatic. But I'd say about two or three taxis kind of passed in and fella pulled in. And sure, I was shaking like, and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Um, I was like, can you, br-? I didn't know where I was either. Like, so I was like, can you bring me to St. Kilda? And he was like, yeah, you know, he was actually so lovely. He actually mm. reminded me like of a, a car taxi man, do you know? Yeah. Do you know, like mm. your dad, like yeah. coming in yeah. and going, I'll bring you home. You yeah. Half langer. Like, Have to get yeah. sick Yeah, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so thank God this fella actually took me home. And I was like, look, I have no bag. He saw I had no shoes or I had no shoes on me or no, I was hysterical. So I was like, look, if you get me to the house, I my friend will pay, like. And he was there, your grand, he was there. So I didn't know where he was coming from either. I didn't think mm. to ask him. And eventually got back, got back to St. Kilda. So it was about one o'clock in the day. Went upstairs. My mate was upstairs, beefy. He's one of my fellow friends, like. And sure, I met him at the door and I was just... He was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I couldn't say it. He's like, George, you all right? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, will I ring, will I ring Grace? And I, Grace, one of my mates that I was in the nightclub with, but lost her. And she arrived, she's like, George, we lost you last night. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I was like, they had uh, no idea, shit like- story. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was just so hard to believe when it happens to you. 
you know, like kind of anything, I suppose. It's when it happens to you, you're like, what the fuck? Like, did you go to the police? Yeah, yeah. Straight Straight away. Yeah, straight away. And where were they with you? They were brilliant, actually. They were excellent. Like, the lads saw how they saw I was pretty fucked. Like, and and I just wanted to know what happened. Do you know? Like, so we went straight to the cops in St. Killa and they actually treated us brilliant from the get-go. And um sure he went there and like when I got to the house I actually took off the dress and stuff because I felt yeah. fucking mental like but I kinda knew then that I couldn't have a shower because mm. just in case, like from you know, from watching all those fucking Yeah. Because the forensics will want to examine you. Yeah, exactly. And so did they? Yeah, yeah. I had to go through did all that, like went to the hospital and kind of chattering that. That's okay. great. Um, Without going into the gory details, yeah. what's the what's it like the, the forensic process? You know, for for women out there, I suppose that maybe have been in that situation but didn't want to go down the road. Yeah, like what, what's it like? Is it? Well, I uh, definitely tell people if it happens to anyone, go tell someone. Like, because it's not can't get away with it. Like, mm. do you know? Like, I'd recommend anyone to just go to. Like the Cork Rape Crisis Centre, or yeah. like we went straight to the cops, and they actually like I went and got the forensic thing done, and they actually left me alone for a day, so I could kind of get myself together. And I think it was the day after, like I'd go in and do a statement. So I was there for about six hours, I'd say, because I had to bring them through the whole day yeah. <laughs> from when I from when I kind of started drinking, so they were looking at me and they were like, Jesus Christ, how much drink? Yeah, typical Irish <laughs> like, How much fucking drink after? But they, like afterwards, actually, there was like, uh, this was a few months down the line and the guards were like, they couldn't get over that I didn't have to be pumped because they said the amount, my alcohol level was through the roof, like, mm. and... Oh, I was like, that was, yeah, crazy. Were you able to give a description of him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he arrested? Uh, yeah, we found him, like, we went um, through, so it was a mad old process, so about two weeks afterwards, two of the cops came over, and they were in plain clothes, and they took myself and Grace around my whole statement, so from where I started at two o'clock that day, they drove to the house I was at, we drove to everywhere that I'd been just to, they wanted to rejog, see if there was anything in my memory. Mm. And they were able to tell from how much the taximan, because we never found that taximan afterwards, but from the amount that Beefy paid him, they were able to see from St. Kilda the radius of how far that would get you. So... Um, I remembered kind of hazily like that there was a big bridge. I remembered being in a bridge, um, like that's how I must bring you back actually because how it actually ended up in your man's car was because I thought he was a taxi. Okay. So he had a kind of a yellowy car, and he was parked outside the nightclub, 
and all the taxis were there. So I thought I was actually getting into a taxi. Um, so that's how I actually ended but he up. Wasn't a taxi. No, and no. Did he masquerade as a taxi, or did you just jump in and he took you? I could have. I could have just jumped in, but like he, there was up the road from that nightclub. It's called uh, Gray Street, and there it's kind of notorious for prostitution and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there'd be prostitutes and you could stuff have ran into another creeps carrier. Yeah, right? I know, I know. I know, but, you know, you, like, you got but a I nice was guy. It's so mad though, because you know, like I was in my bubble as well. Did you know the way you've you've the place where you go out, like you know there's dangers there. Yeah. But you don't you don't think it's going to happen to you basically. But um, that's how I ended up getting into his car because there was CCTV footage of me coming out in a nightclub. At five in the morning, bouncing out the door, no shoes. I'd like so my shoes must be left. I must have left them in the nightclub, and my bag and everything was found in the nightclub. But like, I look fine. I look okay. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like I wasn't thrown on the ground or anything. Yeah, like, yeah. but it kind of kills me because, you know, my awareness is totally mm, I gone. Like, it's and un- I I mm. would be quite uh, chatty person like when I'm out I talk away to I talk away to anyone like yeah do you typical know? Irish person really yeah we'd like we talk to anybody yeah so mm-hmm. I kind of thought I, in my head I was getting into a taxi and I remember being in the car then older and older men like and I was sitting in the front and I remembered going over the big bridge and that was it then like I had nothing after that but they tracked down the guy based on the bridge yeah, so the bridge and from the 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 money, the tariff, you know, for mm, they, they were able to it. see whereabouts. So there's a place called Mooney Ponds and they drove out there, the cops did. And um, they're like, this is during the day now, like, so they're like, George, if you see anything, just say it. It's like anything at all. So we're passing, I kind of saw a red brick and saw a car park. And then I saw uh, kind of steps. I was like, I was like, let's, let's say pull in here. This kind of is looking familiar. And I saw an arch. Mm. I was like, oh God. I was like, oh, the anxiety was flying at this stage. So they, we parked up in the car park and they put a hood over me. So... So that if your man was out, he wouldn't know me or whatever. So went up the steps and I was like, oh, Jesus, this is it. Like, mm. I was there going, that says Gaff down there. So he's in there. So they're like, all right, put us back into the car and went home that night. And uh, the cops came then the day after with a big thing of um, identification of all the people living in those apartments. Sure, I spotted him straight away, like, yeah. and I was like, I was fucking delighted. <laughs> and was he known to the police? He was known to the police for picking up prostitutes, so he was known for picking up prostitutes. So God um, only knows what he was doing to those women. I know, like he could have been doing that because, like, prostitutes tend not to report stuff like that because <laughs> it's just it's just like an occupational hazard. And yeah. like I I know from working in addiction home services and courts and all. That sex workers are yeah. exploited and abused all the time. They don't they don't report it because yeah. they're the most vulnerable. And a lot of the time, exactly, the police right. have no interest in helping prostitutes. You know? I know. 
was it sad so, like even though like if he was not if, if he was carrying on like that and he was known for picking up hostages he was probably a sexual predator you know for years yeah mm. so, yeah you're actually very lucky he didn't hurt you badly like i know and like i kind of like i found out i knew then afterwards that he, he didn't like i kind of in my own head i knew he didn't rape me do you know that kind yeah. of way because you kind of know if you have kind of sex yeah. or whatever, but I kind of wanted to black it out of my head yeah. as well because I didn't want to think that he was after doing that to me. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I was fucking deli- delighted. Like, I couldn't believe it that we actually found him, like, mm. and, you know. So, like, all the drama then of kind of, you know, telling my family at home and stuff. How did they take it? Ugh, sure, sure. They were just worried about me, like. Of course. Four brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just yeah. wanted to fucking kill come him. over and kill him, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, like, they wanted me to come home. And I actually refused. <laughs> um, I just wanted to to wreck the whole yeah. experience that I had. And I was, my visa like... was until the end of the year. And I think I wasn't ready as well to actually come home and face everyone do you know because when it actually happened i decided that i wasn't going to keep it a secret or mm. do you know it wasn't going to be brushed under the carpet or whatever yeah. so like my whole family told my whole family and my close friends and all my mates that were in melbourne just cause to be aware of the dangers and mm. Do you know, fuck it, like, do you feel it can re- happen to anyone. Do you feel relieved that, um, that he didn't have sexual intercourse with you? Yeah. Like, would, you know. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's yeah. like a different form. It's, a, it's like a different... Um, like, to Different was, side I just things, woke yeah. up and he was down there, like, yeah. and I was there. And I don't know how long he was yeah. there, because I just froze. But I was... Oh, delighted when he mm. knew that it wasn't. And this guy done all like, this in his own senses. Like, no, yeah. yeah. Back at his own home and all. Yeah. No, he didn't give a shit. Like, mm-hmm. no, he's probably after he told, that. He actually times. told the cops that I wanted it. Like, he said, mm. You wanted it. Uh, was he convicted? He wasn't because I couldn't go through with it in the end. Um, it took about a year. Like, we caught him and everything, and they put him on the sex register. And the cops, they asked me, like, did I want to prosecute him? And so I came home in the, I came home that December. And it was about February. Like, I got on really well with the the cop. He was lovely. He was, like, a detective sergeant. Mm. He was lovely. Like, he used to ring me and everything from Oz to see how it was. And, um... He was like, what do you want to do? And he goes, do you want to prosecute? Do you want to go? Like, I would have had to come back to Australia and go to court. And I kind of read up on sexual assault cases in Oz. And it doesn't, they don't get convicted. Like, like yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, do you know, you'd be like putting yourself through fucking people badgering you going it's probably you know i just couldn't i yeah. was like it's like the one crime where 
the victim is put on trial as well. Mm. Yeah. Because the victim, the defence will sure. go through your whole character. That goes through my own head. Like, I'm there going, Jesus, did I fucking, do you mm. know, did I encourage him? Or, but it's like, no, I didn't. I was like, I go out in a night to enjoy myself. I don't even go out in a night to, like, if I scored with a fella, I'd be like, happy days. But, yeah. uh, like, it wouldn't, I'd go yeah. out to have the crack. Yeah. And, I know. This is like sixty-eight, seven-year-old men would be like, "No." Have you any advice for girls and women out there um, that might be drinking like that today, um, yeah. and might be have this idea that, oh, she went through that, but should it never happen to me? It will. Uh, it it could, and it could happen to anyone anywhere, like in a village. Do you know? It is. It was over. Like I was. I was very drunk like do you know I was intoxicated I'm sure I didn't know what was going on and I just I don't want to mix your drinks stick to one yeah <laughs> and you're, you're entitled to be drunk like you're entitled yeah. to be laying raided I know that's I not an invitation or consent in any way shape or form yeah do you know and even if like even if you were paralytic and you jumped into his car mm-hmm. and willingly went to his home, that's still not consent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, like if, the way you come out of his car and got into the car that you thought was a taxi, you could have come out of the nightclub and got into a car thought, and he no, could have taken yeah. advantage of that. You know what I mean? But still, like still fucking sexual assault. You know what I mean? No, but it's in your own head. You're going fuck it. Why did I? I know. You know. I think Irish people are notorious for beating themselves up no matter what, whether the circumstances are. Not their fault or not. We're just we just have that bred into us that we yeah. blame ourselves no matter what for whatever situation, you know. Whether it, it's just a shame thing. It's a shame, it's yeah. A shame no, well, yeah, have, sure, Jesus, like, like you know. Sure, it's like, oh man, am I gonna go home now? Like, <laughs> did you do any therapy or anything? I did, yeah, yeah. When you come home, when I came home, yeah, what kind I went of to yeah. I actually went to the rape crisis center in Cork, yeah, and there. They were excellent as well, I must say. They were, because I, I kind of lived at home. I went back home to my mum for a while. And, yeah. No, it was, it was tough. Like, when mm. I actually came home, it felt like I had to kind of revisit it all again. Mm. And just facing your family as well as mm. big. Do you know, you're kind of feeling like you let them down kind of job. Like, <laughs> like mm. Christ. But sure, they were... They were brilliant, and I kind of got counselling then as well, um, because I, I kind of, I kind of suffer from I kind of get highs and lows, so it's kind of called um, uh, rapid mood cycling disorder. So I only got diagnosed with this now last year, but I think in the time that that happened, I was going, I was in a manic state, like I was going through a bit of a manic. Mm. episode so because when when you're kind of manic you can you want drink mm. like you kind of stimulants like yeah and i definitely I, like looking back now because of the counseling yeah and like i went to went to the doctor and they recommended me to a psychologist and so I think, like, looking back now, I'm there going, I could have been in a manic stage around that time as well. So that condition predates the sexual assault? Um, it, yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. So you I kind of only just figured this out recently. Yeah. I've had highs and lows all my life. Does that make sense for you now? It, yeah, 
It does a bit, like, mm. you know, I think it kind of did with the drinking, like. Mm. Well, where's the drinking today? Not too bad, like, I've definitely calmed down and, like, I wouldn't, I don't mix the drinks anymore. No more shots of No agua. shots, lad. <laughs> <laughs> no more shots. Like, I don't need drink now, kind of, Asher, not too much, like, but. Yeah, it's just yeah. a sociable drink. Sociable drink, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, what was the mental health and is there any like post-traumatic stress or anything like that? Do you have nightmares? Do, do you have flashbacks? No, in fairness now, I actually kind of, I talked it out, mm. you know, with counsellor, talked it, talked it, talked it. And yeah, it kind of, I kind of put it to bed. I was like, do you know, this happened now. I've only, like I met my husband um, the December when I got home. And I was bready. <laughs> and sure, we're married now, like, two years. And, like, I, I had only one other person since that incident. Yeah. So it did kind of, I found it hard to... Yeah, be intimate with trust people. Or be intimate, yeah, yeah. yeah or trust, exactly. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I suppose your husband must be a great man. He is. Yeah. He is, he is. And congratulations great on patience. the wedding. <laughs> still any smileys? Just one. Many. Just one, yeah. Rua. Oh, so yeah, it does work out. Rua. Rua. Red Rua. Yeah, but I don't know my advice for anyone who's gone through any kind of sexual assault. Report it. Or tell tell someone, don't don't keep it to yourself. Like, because mm. it'll, it'll lead you up. Yeah. You and know? in the services in Cork, the Rape Crisis Centre, they're based yeah. in St. Patrick's Key. Yeah. In the city centre, the sexual health centre as well in Cork. Mm. Um, and even your local community services, um, it they'll all sign post. Like, mm. I kind of thought, you know, because it was uh, an oral rape, like, you know, it's not any less than anything. You still didn't yeah. consent to it. So I'd say, a lot, I'd say a lot of that goes unreported. Yeah. You, know, you wouldn't hear much. You don't that, like? No. No. You wouldn't. No. But look, um, you yeah. live to tell the tale. Thank you. And well done. You're and a brave um, woman, uh, Georgina. Like your story, and I could see the emotion in your face. I can relate yeah. with the waking up yeah. uh, after blacking out yeah. and thinking what happened, oh, you know. I'm waking up with waking up in cells and waking mm. up with blood on you and waking up, you know, yeah. with fucking yeah. missing. Our white coats. Yeah. Yeah. Just waking up, not knowing oh, yeah. what you've done the yeah. night before. Just, you know, and, and, and you're waiting for something to tell you what you have to do, you know, because it's just it's with me when I had a drink, it was just complete blackout. Yeah. A complete blackout. I, I wouldn't know where I am or what I'm after doing until until the next day. You know, where you wake up either on in a bush or a, a bag of black bags yeah. or a cell, you know, Scary, covered like, in blood, fucking. You know, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous, like, in the fear of something like that, it's just kind of, mm. it's, it's, it's... Yeah, I'm even getting the, yeah, feel yeah. like I'm getting the chill, but you know, I'm getting the adrenaline yeah. there. Like, but if you're drinking, if you're drinking to the point where you're blacking out, you've, you've, you've answers now as to why you were kind of doing that. Yeah. But if you're drinking to the point where you're blacking out, you're not remembering, that's when you really need to be asking yourself, what am I actually doing here? Mm. Yeah. Because that's not... um that's not yeah. normal behaviour. That's that's very dangerous behaviour. Yeah. No, it doesn't it doesn't excuse anything that you, you yeah. should, still shouldn't have been sexually oh. assaulted. Yeah. But people that black out, like 
me, Timmy, mm. and yourself, you end up in situations where you have no control over them, mm. you know, yeah. and you have to mind yourself. And if you're Definitely. drinking, if people that are watching this are drinking till they're blacking out, it's just maybe maybe say it to somebody, seek out help. If somebody thinks they've been sexually assaulted, go and say it to somebody and seek out help and find out. Um, yeah. Um, if people want to show you love, can they do that online? Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. tag you. I'll um. Yeah. I'll leave your uh handle in the description of the video, Do and I thank you uh, uh, from thank the bottom you. of my heart for coming on thanks and being so brave and thank honest. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Thanks and um, thanks to Timmy. Cheers. Thanks to Roman and the decks, Georgina, and we'll see everybody again next week. Thank see you later. Bye. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.